Bigfoot Society would like to thank the following sponsors for helping make the podcast possible. The Singular Fortean Society has combined open and honest paranormal investigation and journalism since 2016. Visit the Society at Singular Fortean for all the latest weird news and more. Come with us and investigate the impossible. Lauren Smith is the hostess for Nightcaller's Bigfoot Radio, which has been on air for over a decade and has completed over 300 shows. Lauren brings with her a unique viewpoint given that she is not only the daughter of one of the veteran female Bigfoot researchers in the South, but she has been conducting field research since she was a preteen some 20 years ago. Nightcallers is a Bigfoot world favorite, and along with interviewing researchers and witnesses, often features interviews with guests from the documentary film and entertainment industry. Lauren also does a vidcast segment called Nightcallers, which features real encounters sent in by viewers. You can find all of this and more at nightcallersproductions.com. Welcome to the Bigfoot Society Clubhouse, where we discuss a new or old topic in cryptozoology every week. Just hang out and have a good time. I do need to let you know that by hanging out with us on stage and talking in the discussion, you are giving consent to uh, being recorded, which will be used in a future Bigfoot Society podcast, uh, YouTube video, could be anything that you could imagine coming down the pipeline. Uh, if you're not comfortable with that, uh, please go ahead and move on down to the audience. Uh, sit back, relax, have a good time. Again, thanks to all for uh, hanging out. And, uh, let's just have a good time. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us uh, tonight in the Bigfoot Society uh, clubhouse. We will be talking about the scariest cryptids ever. And, of course, this is a bit... Uh, subjective, but uh, hopefully you'll be finding out about uh, maybe not what we think is scary, but what some other people think is scary. Uh, everyone who's going to share tonight, you're welcome to, you know, say what, uh, if you actually think the crypt is scary or not. But again, uh, I'm going to start with mine. And then uh, after I share mine, uh, if anyone on stage wants to, uh, comment on uh, if it's scary cryptid or not, or if they've heard about this cryptid, uh, you're welcome to, we'll get some discussion going tonight. But uh, again, if this is the first episode that you've heard of the Bigfoot Society podcast, every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Central on Clubhouse, we discuss a different cryptozoology topic. Uh, my scary cryptid, and I just started looking into this guy uh, about a week or two ago when I was doing an interview with Mr. Jody Cook, uh, who is uh, head of the North American Dogman Project, and it's about the Dogman. And oh my goodness, this Dogman dude is, uh, you know, here's the thing. Um, werewolves are, are scary, but there's something about this Dogman dude. It's like, it's a canine cryptid all the time, super muscular, bipedal, Super claws, super teeth, and he's always having a bad day. Uh, here's what a description I found reads. So said to be a vicious half-man, half-wolf creature, standing over seven feet tall, bulging with muscles and inch-long claws and eyes, which glow a fiery red. And specifically, there's a specific dog, man. The beast of the land between the lakes is one bad cryptid. Uh, I'll kind of 
the next description, I will kind of not get, get into super detail because if you want to read up on this guy, you can, but it does get a little, little graphic. Uh, there's been sightings, uh, stories where uh, there's been people in camper vans in this park area because land between the lakes in Kentucky, land between the lakes in Kentucky, and uh, these people have found um, pretty much attacked. Um, and uh, it gets worse, but uh, pretty much if you're going to pick a cryptid to go up against, uh, don't pick the dog man because uh, he's one bad dude. Uh, panel, have you have you heard of this dogman cryptid before? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I've actually um, I've I've been really digging deep into that one. I actually spoke with someone today who um, had an encounter back in 1981, um, which started off um, seemingly as an attack, but you know, thankfully nobody nobody was hurt. Um, but you know, I've also spoken with people that don't have uh, so violent encounters. I don't know. Um, what exactly provokes these things, but I've heard, I've heard a number of things. I'm kind of new to the dog man research, but the land between the lake story has kind of been my, uh, my, my recent rabbit hole. So it, and it is, it is scary. That is a uh, fascinating. And, uh, is that for your podcast that you're doing that? Did you say, or? Well, I mean, I, you know, I just, I just kind of do this. Like that's, that's, that's what yeah, I true, do. But true. yeah, he, w I mean, he will be, um, he will be coming up on the podcast, uh, later this month. Cause we're having a whole, um, monster month in May and, uh, right. he will be one of the guests, but we kind of did like a pre-show and, you know, he told me about it and it's, it, it's just, it's a very horrifying story. I, I can't wait for him to share it with everyone. And for the listeners tonight, uh, whenever uh, – so the first time you're on the panel and you've spoken, do you mind uh, doing an intro for yourself just uh, for the so the people can follow along at home and then look you up later? Oh, yeah. I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, yeah. my, my name is, is Ashley. I have a podcast called On Wednesdays We Talk Weird. It comes out every Wednesday. I'm also a full-time Freudian investigator. So Fantastic. Any uh, other dogman thoughts here, guys? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> um, so I'm Alex Petikov, uh, filmmaker, cryptozoology researcher. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, Sasquatch Out of the Shadows. Uh, do a bunch of stuff with small town monsters too. Um, just some thoughts. Uh, Dogman is such a weird topic because you get into the classic werewolf stories. Obviously, you've got the Beast of Gévaudan, one of the most famous kind of werewolf stories out of France. And then you have a lot of the folklore actually um, in Quebec, in the French part, in the French uh, speaking part of Canada, you know, they have werewolf stories. And I feel like that may have come over from the old world to the new world. And then you have the Rougarou in Louisiana, which, you know, these Acadian people, the Cajuns are the descendants of the Acadians and they have the Rougarou stories. And that's <clears throat> one of the cryptids we got to kind of look for this past October when we were down there in Louisiana, the chasing legends. And, I know it's not really the, the typical dog man. It's more of like a swamp werewolf. But the way it was described, I mean, it was seemed much more spiritual to me than physical. And what really creeped me out was how it was uh, it was like a manifestation. You know, if you became the Ruger, it was like this torment. It was a torture. And you were you had to be the Ruger as long as you possibly could until you kind of cleanse yourself of your sins. And uh, the folks around you would actually be, you know, if they if they knew you were the Ruguru and they told somebody, they might be cursed to become one as well. So it was it was almost like much more spiritual. It, it just seemed kind of creepy to me. But 
when it comes to the other dog man stuff, I mean, it really makes you wonder. I've heard of a couple stories here in the New England area, including one guy. He thought it was a Bigfoot, but he described as having a very canine like face. So I don't know. He wasn't sure if it was a Bigfoot or a dog man. Um, but he's one of the uh, one of the eyewitnesses I've met up in the White Mountains. He said it was it looked like it was scratching its back on a telephone pole that it had this this awful, you know, creepy looking charcoal black skin and reddish fur. Really scary. And then, uh, you know, when you talk about stuff like the Beast of Bray Road, having you know talked to Seth, they did obviously a, a film about that a number of years ago. And like the uh, the possible occult kind of connections with the people living in the town and rituals and conjuring demons i mean just a lot of really creepy stuff i don't think dogman is you know straight flesh and blood in a lot of the stories whether it's the werewolf stuff or otherwise it just seems super disturbing and a lot of the stuff that goes on around is very negative and has like very negative energy so i don't know that's just kind of i i, I kind of tend to avoid it an eight foot tall hairy primate in the woods like bigfoot's a little more uh, a little more comforting to me even though that's terrifying in itself but dogman no thank you yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you could just we could go on forever about the dog man, I think. But uh we've got other scary cryptids to talk about. I'm gonna pick someone. Uh actually, Ashley, do you mind going next? Yeah, no problem. All right. Um I am going to talk about the uh the goat man, which is um a very interesting concept to me because much like the dog man, most of the time it's kind of described as being more of a, maybe a spiritual entity rather than a physical. However, um, there are, you know, there's kind of evidence and uh, support backing that it could be physical. So the goat man, um, is basically a, a six to eight foot tall bipedal goat. Um, it's kind of dated back, you know, back when, uh, you know, some people say that it could be like pan or like the satyrs. Um, so it's kind of been around for a long time. However, it got really popular in the seventies when in Bowie, Maryland, uh, a family claimed that their dog was found headless and they said that they, it was a goat man attack and the goat man did it. And it kind of, um, that story kind of made everything boom. Um, allegedly they found that dog's skull, uh, 14 years later. I don't think they found anything new. Um, but, uh, legends of the goat man are kind of all around, um, you know, mostly around Northern America. Um, but it's primarily in, um, Maryland and I know there's a story of it in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, but most people know it as the, um, Popelick monster in Louisville, Kentucky, um, and this one has actually been attributed to actual deaths. Now in um, Popelick, there is a trestle, a train trestle there. And they say that the goat man lives underneath or around the train trestle. And uh, he, I, he lures people either onto the train tracks there and they get um, hit, hit by trains. Or he lures people to jump off of the trestle bridge. Um, but there have been at, at at least three, I know there's been more, um, but at least three that have been directly related to maybe young kids going and searching for the goat man. Um, so it, it is interesting. Now, I think back in, um, <clears throat> I want to say it was 2016, maybe not. I should have researched that a little bit better. But re very recently, there were alleged pictures of a goat man taken um where people say that uh the rumor has it that it took off it took and carried off a child or maybe it was a small animal but they say that you can see it in the photos and i'll um i'll share the photos with jeremiah and you can do with with them what you wish um but 
the photos are really strange because it looks exactly like you would assume somebody in like this goat man type costume. Like that's, that's what it looks like. It looks fake. But then again, and I think that, um, I think I was, I was telling Kinsey about it at one point, you know, if you did see a six to eight foot tall bipedal goat walking around, it, it wouldn't really look normal to you. I mean, we're not used to that. So, you know, is there something to it? Um, I mean, there definitely could be. Again, you know, the, the satyr has been around for, you know, almost as long as mankind has or probably even just as long. So, I mean, there definitely could be something about it. But, yeah, that's the goat man. Mm, yeah, the goat man stuff. No, thanks. Um, oh, yeah, that that to me is definitely a, a creepy, scary. And I, I hate the stories, though, when it's like, you know, the people go out to look for it and you got to be careful, man, when you're, when you're looking out for this stuff and like you end up getting hurt. Oof, not a good time, but yeah, that's a good one to share. Thank you, Ashley. Yeah, absolutely. You want me to go ahead and pick someone now? Uh, unless anyone had any uh, other thoughts about the goat man, you're welcome to go ahead. I'll give it a second. I always, I always thought that, um, Goatman was just off-season Krampus. <laughs> Goatman is off-season Krampus for sure, dude. Yep, solved. <laughs> Greg from All the Weirds got it, definitely. Okay, well, I will. If there's nobody else on the on the Goatman, I will go ahead and I'll pass it off to Greg. Greg, take it away. Why? Thank you. Um, I actually listened to one of your shows today. And heard you talk about the LBO uh, case with Carrick St. Laurent. Yeah, yeah, we and did talk a lot about that, yeah. And then there's that connection to Alex, because uh, he's buddies with Carrick and does investigating with him as well. So that's cool. It's a small world. Um, yeah, my name's Greg. Uh, I run All the Weird on Instagram. I do a Star Wars podcast called Order 66. Um, been into this subject for about a year now, uh, so not that long. I'm a pretty uh, newbie researcher kind of person, content creator. Um, but I chose uh, the Kelly Hop Hopkinsville uh, Goblins. Uh, that's kind of the stuff out in nightmares for me was just these invading little creatures in the middle of the night. Um, so I'm going to read from Wikipedia. On the evening of August 21, 1955, five adults, seven children arrived at the Hopkinsville police station claiming that small alien creatures from a spaceship were attacking their farmhouse and they had been holding them off with gunfire for nearly four hours. They must have used a lot of bullets in four hours. I'm just, I, I can't even imagine like how many shots they would have let off. Um, two of the adults, Elmer Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor, claimed they had been shooting at 12 to 15 short dark figures who repeatedly popped up at doorways or peered into the windows. Um, concerned about a possible gun battle, the local citizens, four city police, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs, and four military police from the nearby U.S. Army, Fort Campbell, drove to, Sut to the Sutton Farmhouse located near the town of Kelly in Christian County. Their search yielded nothing apart from evidence of gunfire and holes in window and door screens made by the firearms. Residents of the farmhouse included 
Glennie Lankford, her children, Lonnie, Lonnie uh, Charlton, and Mary, two sons from a previous marriage, Elmer, Lucky, Sutton, uh, J.C. Sutton, and their respective wives, Vera and Aileen. Aileen's brother, O.P. Baker, and, the, and Bill Ray Taylor, and his wife, June. Uh, both the Taylors, Lucky and Vera Sutton, were reportedly uh, itinerant carnival workers that were visiting the farmhouse. Uh, the next day, neighbors told two officers that the families had packed up and left after claiming the creatures had returned about 3.30 in the morning. So not only did these little um, aliens invade, I'm thinking they're aliens. Uh, they could just be cave-dwelling cryptids that live in the middle of the earth or something. Uh, but uh, they were fended off by these carnies in the middle of the night. So I'm just, this would make a great horror movie. So I'm thinking this has got to be one of the scariest cryptid encounters out there. So I don't know if anyone else wants to say anything else about the goblins greg i i agree with you it is probably one of the the more scary ones just because yeah you've got that like if they're aliens or if they're cave dwellers either way not a good time um and you like if you combine that with like the hellier stuff and like man there's some weird stuff that goes on in that area and yeah that's a good one to share thank you for sharing that one yeah, we should try to get those guys on here sometime. I know they're on Clubhouse, and they're totally in I think that, that in, it's been in the back of my mind as well, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think I'll start pursuing that for sure. Yeah. Greg, Dana, we're coming for you. I know you guys listen to the Bigfoot Society podcast every week, so we're calling well, you Tyler out. Tyler was on here. He, that's true. He, he actually was. That's true. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Tyler was in Hellier. He's... Uh, investigator and a special effects yep artist. special effects guy i just want to mention the hopkinsville um goblin situation that actually happened um that's basically located uh like right outside of of the lbl area so lots of just lots of high no strangeness way. is yeah. it really ashley it, yes it is. is terrifying oh my it is. goodness Yep. Yep. It's, it's right there. It's, uh, like I said, basically right outside. I remember the guy, um, the guy that everybody's been talking about lately, um, which is Roger, the eyewitness of the LBL situation. Um, he says he may or may not have been, uh, after this encounter happened, he may or may not have been taken to Hopkinsville, um, to sit down for, I guess, for interrogation. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, it's, it's pretty close. Wait, interrogation by the goblins, or like, are we talking government stuff? Or <laughs> it was, it was probably the goblins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be it's Kentucky. It's weird. That's awesome. That's great. Um, I see uh, my buddy Kenzie here, and I haven't heard her talk yet. So, Kenzie, please introduce yourself, and um, yeah, give her. <laughs> All right, we'll do. Um, hi friends, I'm Kenzie. I run the Crypto Chats podcast and co-host um, the Manic Pixie Dream Ghouls podcast with Sarah Cooper. Um, and I was literally just going to say that part of the reason that um, the Kentucky Goblins are so scary is because there are so many of them. 
Um, but in like a similar vein of like cave dwelling, like weird humanoid little things, I want to talk about pale crawlers um, because they're terrifying. And I also, um, you guys know Nate Brislin. He has been writing a book about pale crawlers. And he no sent way. It to me. Yeah, he sent it to me today to read. Um, and it, it's been on my brain a lot. So I was like, I'm going to talk about these terrifying things. Um, but I know a lot of you guys are familiar with them, but if you're not, I'll just do a brief description. They're like anywhere from like three to seven feet tall, really skinny and lanky, like humanoid, like creatures with really elongated features. Um, and they're, they range in color from being like pale, gray to tan to some people have seen them as like orange or yellow but really muted colors and just like real creepy and weird looking um and also if any of you are creepy pasta people um you'd be familiar with the rake and um the rake was definitely inspired by uh pale crawlers the first mention of the rake on creepypasta was in 2005 and then it gained a little more popularity in 2008 but <clears throat> as far as i can find uh one of the earliest oh there's nate now um one of the earliest uh pale crawler sightings that i have found is in 1991 so um basically real scary to my knowledge i haven't found anyone like attacked by them <laughs> but I kind of like think that they they play a role in like the missing 411 or at least like some of the disappearances of people in the woods like specifically children because they're just like so weird and creepy and like one of the things that I've learned in researching them is that they have been known to like mimic human sounds which is terrifying um so you know if you're ever out in the woods and you hear someone say hello to you but there's nobody there uh maybe maybe run away um and yeah that's what I got for you guys. Yeah, pretty much uh, that. Oh, my goodness. It's like, oh, yeah, because uh, Small Town Monsters and their, like, video uh, expose series, they actually did uh, one of those videos. And But, man, like, that, if that creature is fake or real, at the end of the day, it's, it's creepy as all get out. And I, I don't want to see him. And I hopefully, I really don't want to think that I, I hope they are not associated with the missing 411 stuff because that puts a whole creepy spin on those stories that I do not want to be a thing. Like, that's crazy yeah, to think right? about. Yeah. I think, like, even if they're not, like, the main reason that missing 411 is happening, I'm sure, like, you know, being a creature that lives in the woods and, like, generally just is scaring people, I feel like it, it has to have some hand in, like, you know, those weird instances in the woods anyway. For sure. For sure. Uh, anyone else have any thoughts on the, uh, pale crawlers or the rake? Again, I'll do, I'll kind of do a little reset of the room as we, we are going through here. Uh, we're doing a chat on, uh, our, uh, favorite scary cryptids here. And, uh, if you're in the audience, and you have something to share about what you feel would make a good scary cryptid or one you're thinking of, uh, you can go ahead and tap the hand icon in the lower right-hand corner and uh, raise your hand. We'll bring you up on stage. Uh, or you can just hang out. That is cool, too. But, uh, yeah, Kinsey, uh, Kinsey, who would you like to uh, speak next? I, was just I think Oh, sorry, Greg. 
I was gonna, sorry, Kenzie, I was gonna uh, make a comment about the pale crawlers. Um, Jeff from Strangeology just did a pretty good episode about the pale crawlers. Um, he's got a podcast, Strangeology podcast. That's it. Sorry. Super good sorry. call out. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, I was listening to that today while I was like working on jewelry pieces. It's a really good one. All right, well, Kenzie. Also, I think I think the only person left to go is Tate. Well, um, oh, I still got to go too. Yeah, Alex. Oh, yep, yep. You got oh, two, and Tate's last, of he course. So. Likes to go last, so yeah. Alex, you go. Yeah, no worries. By the way, Nate, I gotta message you. Um, if I forget, just uh, send me a message. Um, but uh, so I'm gonna pick a little bit of a. I don't know. I think it fits in a cryptozoology. There's this massive crocodile, it's a Nile crocodile, which happened to be, you know, some of the largest crocodile species in the world. Uh, it's in, this, in, in a Central African country called Burundi. There's this one particular crocodile called Gustav, has been called that way by the locals. And is, uh, there's been some books written on it, and there was a film, kind of a dramatized film about it. Really interesting because Gustav is possibly one of the largest living crocodiles on the planet, and he's rumored to have killed and eaten almost 200 human beings so crocodiles as opposed to alligators have uh will hunt humans alligators are generally pretty passive but uh crocodiles are a lot more aggressive and eat pretty much anything that is living so humans are very much on the menu uh, so a lot of these countries where they interact with either saltwater crocodiles or river crocodiles there's a lot of fatalities with local populations but this one crocodile gustav uh, is massive i mean upwards of 20 feet possibly they've never really been able to gauge his size and uh, there was an expedition to try and get him i believe in the late 90s or early 2000s and he was smart enough to not go into the cage and uh basically they, their expedition got cut short by a civil war going on in Burundi and the neighboring countries, a lot of political instability. And uh, he's been missing pretty much since, uh, I don't know when the last confirmed sighting was, but it's been quite a while. And there, every once in a while, a rumor will pop up online saying that Gustav has been spotted again or Gustav was killed, but there's never any conclusive evidence. Uh, and what's interesting about crocodiles is and they can just keep growing. There's really nothing to stop them from growing. I mean, they just pretty much grow old and uh, I mean, they pretty much grow until they die uh, of, of old age unless they're killed by a, a, a predator or something. So when they get to that size, I mean, they're like the top dog by far. So it's it's totally wild to think that one of the largest living creatures, you know, one of the largest living reptiles in the world is still just not known where it is because there's just so much space out there and people can't really get into a lot of these places that are not safe, uh, you know, in terms of going to research because of, as I mentioned, political violence and all kinds of stuff. So Gustav the Crocodile, look it up. Really interesting story. And there's some pretty cool movies about it. I think the one is called Primal, Primeval or something like that. But yeah, so Gustav the Crocodile. I love that. Gustav the Crocodile. That's legit, dude. That's like... I was not expecting that to be your story. And that's actually the first time I've ever heard of that story. So thank you. That's that's pretty rocking, man. Okay, I just want to make a little correction. I, he's actually killed upwards of 300 people, not 200. So, it's like a this is like a real life monster that's definitely still probably out there. Gustav, you got to cool it down, dude. You're killing too many people. 
Tate, do you have any, uh, Mr. Tate, do you, do you have any scary cryptids? Uh, not really. I just, I've heard some scary stories in Bigfoot, but that's about it. Go for it. Yeah, dude, go for it. Um, one was, I think, Ranger Robert Leiterman, a member of the Bluff Creek Project, um, and Bart Catano, also a member of the Bluff Creek Project, and he's been on Finding Bigfoot, and he's really, he's good, he's like best friends with Bobo, I believe it was with Robert, um, anyway, they did a recreation, or they did an investigation on the Finding Bigfoot show about it, this was in the Redwoods, up kind of on the coast, I want to say not maybe an hour or so from Eureka, California. Um, they call it the, it's a, well, Bart has a video of it. I think it's on YouTube, but it's kind of weird quality. It's uh, the tree destruction video. They were in there and they were making calls and no, maybe it was Bobo and Bart. I, I get confused a little bit. But I know it was pretty scary to hear the audio, and they're out there, you know, trying to elicit responses. And they uh, said something was playing with a tarp and shaking it around, and then it pushed a tree over probably a few hundred yards in front of them. So I'm thinking that that's pretty scary. And then um, my very first time running into, running into Bobo at Laos Camp, he was telling me stories that he's heard when like Bigfoot has like I think some kids were playing a river and one came running out of the forest and basically kidnapped this kid and ended up killing him and they found him later. Um and then another story they one like pretty much kidnapped a kid and set him down unscathed. So I mean it's pretty intense stories to hear when you're camping out there. It's another thing to hear them when you're sitting in your bedroom or living room, but that's all I really had. Yeah, Dude, that's some wild of, stuff. There's a lot of uh, indigenous uh, lore uh, saying how the hairy man would take children. And so, I, and they seem to be curious about children too, from all uh, accounts I've heard. Yeah, it was, it was really funny because Cliff Barrickman really has a way to make you feel not comfortable in the forest. He's, it's not consoling at all. Because um, <laughs> you're, I mean, especially if you're kind of new to it and you've never really been there, don't know that area as well. I mean, I know it better now, but I think it was like my second time there. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, if a Bigfoot really wanted to, it could push a tree down and block us in and, you know, block the road. We couldn't get out and he could just pick us off one by one. And Cliff was like, you know, I'd be happy if I was killed by a Bigfoot wrapped around a tree or something. <laughs> Are you life. serious? Yeah, this is what he was saying to me. So That's legit. Friend, I'm like, dang, dang dude. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was that was Cliff's kind of way to help you feel better. He's like, he's like, you know, here's like a good technique to like get your get over the fear of being in the dark is do this thing called the dark man approach is. Well, I ever, some people are here and like by the fire, just go sit in the dark for a few minutes away from camp for a little bit by yourself. Um, it's a good way. I'm thinking, I don't know about that. If you tell me 
you'd feel okay getting wrapped around a tree and dying by a bigfoot that way. It's not uh it's not really what I want to do right now. For sure, man, for sure. Um, I see uh, my buddy Aaron down in the audience has his hand raised. I'm going to go ahead and bring him up. Aaron, we are talking about uh, different uh, scary cryptids. If you have a cryptid you know of that you think is scary or maybe a scary cryptid-related story, uh, go ahead and uh, feel free to contribute. I'll bring you up right now. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I follow all of you. This is very exciting. Oh, cool. Um, I was just going to say I can think of way worse ways to to go than to be killed by Bigfoot. Like if there's a headline, man, man killed by Bigfoot, my name is down there somewhere. Um, I'm 100 percent okay with that. That's fine with me. Um, And the Mothman scares the hell out of me because I think he might be real. But that's that's really all I got, though. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I agree with that statement 100 percent. Yeah, the Mothman can be a pretty, uh, pretty creepy dude. But uh, Aaron, do you mind? Uh, what's your, uh, what's your background, man? Oh man, uh, so I was raised super conservative Christian, and then in the last ten years, I've spent a lot of time um, just just researching and reading into things and going, okay, but what else is out there? Um, and if the last two years have taught me anything, it's that we understand very, very little about how the universe works and what exactly is here on planet earth and uh uh the paranormal in general like we don't know anything we know absolutely nothing so that's kind of where i'm at right now hey that's awesome dude um and do you have like uh uh like a certain um you doing like a, a podcast or instagram account where people can follow you or anything like that or just hanging out which either is fine that's so cool of you to ask. Um, so the wife and I are work. The wife. That sounds really bad. My wife and I, uh, the person whose husband <laughs> You're good. I am. You're good, dude. It sounded bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're working on a podcast where it's basically me as a person that spends way too much time reading into the paranormal. I try to convince her as a normal, quote unquote, human being um, that this stuff is worth reading into. And then uh, so we're working on that. And then we're on Instagram as hey underscore strangeness. OK, cool. Um, which is kind of a mix of paranormal and, and history and true crime. We're headquartered in Texas between Austin, and San Antonio. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of haunted stuff down here, like a lot. Um, so that's kind of where we're based, but thanks for asking. Thanks for giving awesome. me a chance. Awesome. To yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for coming up. So guys and uh, gals and, and all on the, uh, on the panel tonight. So what do we think, uh, what are we going to go with as the ultimate scary cryptid? Do we have any ideas or, or what are we thinking here? Bigfoot, duh. Bigfoot. I don't know. I, I think I gotta go with Dogman. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Dogman myself. We're talking about Dogman. So. I don't know, man. Gustav can like legitimately kill you if you go to Burundi. So <laughs> careful if you go to Burundi. Okay, if I stay out of Burundi, then I'm still going with Dogman. But you know I'm, what? I'm Fair enough. Dogman's pretty scary. I'm here Fuck. for Gustav. Oof. Rest. Let's go. Actually, I top y'all box jellyfish. Box jelly. What's the box <laughs> jellyfish, dude? <laughs> what? What? All right, whatever, Tate. <laughs> did he ask what that is? It, it's not a cryptid, though, right? It's just not like. All right, whatever. It'll make you crippled. Well, so well we're talking about bad. we're talking about cryptids. Um, <laughs> Kenzie, <laughs> what do you think? 
Sorry, I was talking to my roommate about ticks. Oh, that's so pretty creepy, listening. too. Well, yeah, we have ticks a, are creepier than anything. I live here. outside of a swamp, and the ticks have been incredibly bad this year. So we were just, you know, conversing about what the hell are you supposed to do about ticks? Mm. Um, because there's just so many of them. So I was not listening. I'm sorry. Uh, are you going to go with Dogman or Gustav the Crocodiles being the scariest cryptid? What do you think? Dogman, big, for sure. Oh, big <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, at the end of the day, they're all scary cryptids. Uh, definitely, um, if you're listening to this, check all the uh, the people out that were on the panel tonight. They're all uh, great content creators. I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop the recording at this point, unless anyone else had anything to share at the yeah, last minute. Before you stop recording. Yes. Thank you, guys. Sure. Thank you. I want to make sure that nobody knows I'm related to Bob Hieronymus. Uh, of course, yeah. I have to say that every episode. I know, I know. Somebody always says it. Oh wait, I have, I have another one. Um, you know what else was probably pretty scary? The Van Meter visitor. Greg, Greg, nice work. You're totally scary. <laughs> you didn't mention him, so I had to. And you forgot. You gotta add. You gotta say one more thing. It can send you a little touchpad audio thing, Jeremiah. Chicken taquitos. There we go. Oh. <laughs> okay. I love yeah. How you just have that on like standby. It, it's it's like a, a, one of those easy buttons. Yeah, it's one of my sound <laughs> pads. Is uh, is Tate saying that? Um, I feel honored. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stop recording at this point. But thanks for uh, listening all. And uh, uh, always you can DM one of us in order to get on uh, Clubhouse. And Android should be coming soon. Have a good night, guys.